Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night. It's Taylor Lynch and Lewis Metzinger here with you as always. Lots of stuff we want to get into on the show this evening. If you guys want to get involved with us, hit us up on Twitter. It's at The Breakdown UL, at Taylor Lynch, and at Lewis Metzinger. You can hit us up that way. Also, make sure you check out the website, TheBreakdownUL.com. Come. So before we jump into everything, Lewis, what's going on, man? How's it going? Oh, you know, dude, it's going pretty well. Um, it's kind of slow right now, you know, sports-wise. Other than watching a couple guys ball out in the playoffs, it's been, uh, I don't know. I'm not the biggest baseball fan, so I kind of have to just tough it out over the summer until uh, until football and basketball start back up. So Yeah, this is, um, for everybody that always complains about i don't know why we have preseason top 25 polls in college football they're so pointless blah 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 this is the reason why we have top 25 preseason polls in college football because it gives us something like you think it's bad right now in the beginning of may wait till we get into june and july then it's really bad so that's why we have those so that it gives us something to talk about um on on shows like this so yeah it's um it's it's kind of dead right now, but that's okay because it's it's gonna start picking up. We're going to get into that point where we do start talking more about college football as it gets closer. Um, likely gonna have more to talk about with college basketball and recruiting and that sort of thing uh, here in the near future as well. Hopefully, fingers crossed uh, on that front. So. Uh, let's go ahead and just and dive right into it. I know now that your um, your favorite holiday, uh, favorite two weeks of the uh, sports calendar here in Louisville are now over with, uh, with Derby wrapping up last weekend. Uh, but to my surprise, when I hopped on uh, you know Instagram and Snapchat, you, my friend, of all people, were at the track this weekend. Like, the one guy that I would have thought, beyond shadow of a doubt, there is no way that Lewis is going to be at the track. You were there. Now, obviously, I'm assuming it was not to bet and have a mint julep. So what in the world were you doing at Churchill Downs this weekend? Well, my professor is making a documentary or has been working on a documentary for several years now about the Derby. And so he hired me to basically walk up and down the from the entrance of Churchill all the way down to the Starbucks on Third Street um, and just film people heading into to, for Oaks. So that is what I did from uh, 11, a, uh, 11 a.m. on Friday to about 6.45 p.m. on Friday. Um, walked that same stretch of road. Um Getting like gimbal shots, close-ups, trying to get catch like interesting moments between people going in, people coming out. Uh, so yeah, so he hired me to do that. So otherwise, I if I wasn't getting paid to do that, I would definitely be nowhere near that place. And everything that I had just thought about Oaks and Derby <laughs> that I didn't know was confirmed tenfold. Um, it was. Man, it was it was hot. People were people were had a little had consumed a little bit of the devil's nectar um, on the way in. Definitely while they were in there, and on the way out as well. And it was just honestly, though, the worst part of it was how bad my feet hurt at the end of that day. Um, I, I checked my phone after I was done 
uh, and it, I don't know if you know this, but your phone like tracks your steps and right. and your distance, even if you don't have like an Apple Watch. Um, and so I pulled up my health app, clicked on the day, and from that that time frame, which was about eleven twenty five to six forty five, I'd taken eighteen thousand seven hundred five <laughs> steps and had walked nine point nine miles. So holy crap! So I was in a lit, just a tad bit of pain on Saturday. Um, in, in the leg and feet regions, and I was carrying uh, my camera on a gimbal and a backpack with all my extra camera stuff in it. So that that was an added bonus to it being so painful. So that's insane. I don't know. Again, if I wasn't getting paid for it and didn't love filmmaking and the process, then I would have been probably uh, very unwilling to do it. But. I'm proud of you, though. I'm proud of you for, for sticking it out and for doing it. So uh, this just, like, opens Pandora's box now for all these questions that I have for you. Um, how bad was parking? Because I had heard and read that it wasn't as bad. Apparently, they changed some things this year for Oaks and Derby. Uh, and, and apparently, the parking situation was not as bad as it has been in years past. So for you being somebody that was there, how far away did you have to park from Churchill Downs? How much did you pay to park? Um what was the highest price that you saw uh, as you were walking around that people were paying to park? Um, we actually parked. I tried to get close and I couldn't. Good luck. Um, they had, yeah, they had from the football stadium, uh, um, that intersection, which is, I guess, Floyd Street. Yeah. And uh, what's the one that runs? Central. Uh, the overpass? Central, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the overpass. They had that from that intersection um, inward towards Churchill completely. You couldn't even get in. Um, they just had it blocked off. So people were just having to go all the way around and park all the way around it and then walk in. So I tried to get in that way and then couldn't and called my professor. And he was like, just come to my house, park outside my house. And we'll, uh, he had a parking pass so he could get um, into like, you know, uh, that T-Mobile store that's yeah, right yeah, by yeah. Starbucks there. He, he could park like literally right there. Um, so wow. I went and parked at his place uh, on Barbie Avenue, and then we rode in, parked at T-Mobile. Um, but the, the issue then was that he he was going into, like inside Churchill to film people inside, mm-hmm. and then he was staying for the race. Ah. Um, and then he was filming afterwards. So he couldn't take me back to his house. So I, I had to walk from where I was all the way back to Barbie Avenue, um, which took it's on top of every, all the other steps I'd taken was absolutely miserable. And I had to carry all my stuff. Um, so that wasn't fun, but the most I saw for parking, I think was like 30 bucks, 30 or 40 bucks. Um, and that was like at people's houses. Like, yeah, close. yeah, no, that, uh, that's not too bad. Um, so but this was Oaks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, it's, it's not the big one. Um, so we thank goodness, by the way, that you were there on Oaks and not there on Derby, uh, because we couldn't have had better weather for Oaks and we couldn't have had worse weather for Derby. So you nailed that as far as, as going on Oaks day. Um, I'm dying to, to know this, the answer to this one. What is the weirdest thing that you saw filming, just walking around, because I can only imagine, given the stretch of road that you covered, um, the things that you saw, it, it, you had to have seen some um, some interesting sights on Oaks Day. There were a couple things. Um, across, they had central, um, basically like gated off, mm-hmm. um, where like only the buses and stuff that were transporting people could pass through. Um, between about um, 4th Street and like uh, all the way down. I don't know what roads are way down there by the entrance of Churchill, but they had that all gated off. But on the other side of the street, there was a guy dressed up in an Elmo suit and he was break dancing, and that was amazing. Um, do you have video? Rap. I, I do have, I don't have it on my phone, but I do have it on my camera. I just haven't looked at it yet. Um, I wanted to like walk all the way around and, and like get close up to him, but I was like across the street filming through the fence, so yeah. it's kind of not as good. But um, I saw that. 
I had about 60 people ask me to take their pictures um, in all different states of um, intoxication. Sobriety. Yeah. Um, all different levels of sobriety, I should say. Um, so that was interesting. I saw there were some of those sidewalk, um, like Westboro Baptist Church type people. Oh, no. Um, just lining the streets, just shouting, like, everyone's going to hell, repent, all that kind of stuff, which is a great way to spread the message, let me tell you. <laughs> people really respond to that. Very receptive of the message being delivered that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Very effective method. Um, and then I guess I've never seen trash cans as full as they were with bottles mm. they were like spilling out and so people just started stacking them on like random like electrical units and stuff like <laughs> along the road it was just crazy dude. i didn't know what was happening oh man you were like teleported into some alternate universe um that is oaks and derby in the city yeah, it was definitely something else well that's good man i'm glad you got to uh i'm glad you got to experience it um my Oaks and Derby weekend, uh, not nearly as eventful uh, as yours. I just lost money. I mean, let's let's be honest. I just um, I I am an avid fan of betting on horses. I enjoy it. Uh, there's nothing like the rush that you get when you win we've had that conversation before i've tried to get you to understand that but sure yeah i just lost uh there was there was nothing good that i, I had a couple really close calls um throughout friday and saturday uh where i had a chance to really come into some good money uh but i had like one horse in a in a um exact a box which now i'm just sounding like a betting snob but um yeah, so so it just uh, it, it didn't quite work out for me that well, but you know, still fun. Uh, but I know you know your your love of the Kentucky Brew Festival, uh, and now it's over with. So uh, we can we can move on from that, and um, I can't wait to see the footage though, because I, <laughs> I I'm sure you got some great shots. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, there was some stuff in there that hopefully uh. I'm not. I don't. I want to see what hits the cutting room floor. That's what I really want to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting what he to see what he ends up. Um, he ends up picking because I was basically just like an extra camera for him and just dumped the footage to him. So we'll see what he decides. Um, but hopefully some good stuff will come out of it. I hope so, man. I can't wait to see that. Um, so you guys know how to get in touch with us. Again, hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL, at Taylor Lynch, at Lewis Metzinger. In the midst, Lou, of all of the derby and, and all of that stuff going on, we had still NBA playoffs. And we had two guys, uh, Donovan Mitchell, of course, Terry Rozier, absolutely balling in the playoffs. Uh, Donovan did quite a bit. Could not do enough, though, to lift the Jazz uh, over the Houston Rockets, uh, who are playing incredible basketball right now. Um, so the Jazz did get booted. Um, your Western Conference Finals, uh, which starts on Monday of next week, uh, is, of course, Golden State and Houston. In the Eastern Conference, though, you've got Terry Rozier and the Boston Celtics getting their series going against LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday night, uh, Mother's Day night. Guys, don't forget, Mother's Day is Sunday. Um, so <laughs> Mother's Day night, uh, the Cavs and the Celtics getting it going. So now, Lou, we just have – just have, like, ugh. But uh, we have Terry Rozier still in the playoffs with the Celtics. Um, so we can go at this a couple different ways. Uh, first of all, your impressions just overall of Donovan Mitchell's playoff run with Utah. And is this, I don't know. Cause it's so difficult with the NBA because the way players fluctuate in and out, move in and out, uh, go to different teams it's really hard to kind of keep a roster together. Uh, but it felt like to me throughout the whole playoffs that, of course, Ricky Rubio going down for, for Utah was big. But it seemed like the Jazz just needed that one extra 
piece, that one extra guy uh, to really kind of get them over the hump. Do you think that this is going to be more of what's to come for, for Donovan and and maybe for Utah of, of being a contender? Uh, or do you think that this is going to be something where Donovan continues to ball out for the next couple of years and then goes somewhere else to a team that's really a contender? Because I'm kind of split right now. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those questions that you can't really – am I echoing? Do what? I can hear myself echoing. Oh, that's weird. Anyway, um, I feel like it's one of those things we you can't really answer because, like you said, people go bounce around different teams. Like, the Rockets were in love with Trez. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he came off the bench, obviously, in, in, in small increments. But, you know, from what – from what you could tell, he was a, a fan favorite. And then, you know, he gets – it's just the NBA. You just move around. Um, I think it's a little different in Donovan's case because he kind of became the Jazz. Yeah. The same way that Terry has be kind of uh, kind of become the Celtics, at least in the playoffs um, and late into the regular season after Kyrie got injured. And um, I think you said earlier that, that Donovan couldn't do enough. I feel like he could have done enough if he wouldn't have hurt his leg. Um, in the fourth, because he was absolutely balling in the third quarter before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, I don't know. I still think they would have lost the series, but nonetheless, he was ridiculous the whole season. Terry's been excellent. And, like, who would have thought, like, I know we've talked about this, but who would have thought you'd be talking the biggest story in the NBA over the past couple of weeks would be two former Louisville guards absolutely, like, killing it. Like, that's just so weird. <laughs> It is weird because we're we're just so not used to it. Um, but I'm. This is awesome. I mean, especially given all the stuff that we've dealt with in the last couple of months, to kind of just get to have this, where we've got Donovan balling out, Terry balling out. Um, it's really fun to watch. I I kind of think Lewis that like as much as Utah loves Donovan, I don't see him being there you know, long-term. Like, I, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys, you know, like a like a Tony Parker or whatever that just stays with one team for a long period of time. Um, I think Donovan's going to enjoy his time in Utah and, you know, get them to a point where they are respectable, competitive uh, in the Western Conference. But I, I just don't see that being a spot that he stays at for very long. I, I think that he'll end up eventually uh going to a team that that's more of a contender uh than the jazz are so i don't know i enjoyed watching it though this season uh it was awesome awesome to watch um awesome to see the way they kind of just came together as a team especially in the playoffs um and i think they're going to be a fun team to watch next year i mean you figure you're still going to have Ricky Rubio. You're still going to have Donovan Mitchell. Um, they've got a good cast of guys around them. Uh, it just felt like to me they just kind of needed that one that one extra guy, that one other piece to really kind of put it all together. So we'll see what they do in free agency moving forward. But uh, you talked about Terry and the way he is just absolutely on fire in these playoffs. I mean, he's got the nickname now, Scary Terry, uh, which is awesome, by the way. Um and he's got this whole thing going on with him and Drew Bledsoe, which is hilarious to me. Uh, Bledsoe said the other night, uh, obviously, they showed it on TV. He had on the because uh, Terry Rozier go all the way back to um, a few games back. Terry Rozier comes into the arena wearing uh, a vintage like Drew Bledsoe uh, Patriots jersey, um, and then they everybody talking about that and then Bledsoe shows up at the Celtics game and he's gone on his Terry Rozier Boston Celtics jersey um and then come to find out he owns his own winery uh and he says the other night uh after the Celtics punched their ticket to the uh to the West, or Eastern Conference Finals uh he says that uh you know he's going to come up with a wine uh called the Terry Rosé so that was that was pretty funny but um but Terry is is blowing it up uh, killing it with the Celtics. And my question is one, well, it, it's twofold. It's one, do you give the Celtics a realistic chance in this Eastern Conference Finals against um, 
the Cavs, even though it seems like, to me, it's been LeBron James and everybody else. Um, So do you give the Celtics a reasonable chance against the Cavs, which I do, Um, and then what do you think the future is, much like with Donovan, what do you think the future is for Terry with the Celtics? Um, I mean, I definitely think Terry sticks around. Um, It's just... Can it work, though, with him and Kyrie? Like, can he continue to play the way he's played? I've seen talk that Kyrie might move on again, which, um, who knows if that happens or not, but um, I I give them a a reasonable chance against... I say that, but at the same time, it's like, I think the... They just find a way. ...significantly better than the 76ers, and they, you know... They won the series convincingly, but that last game was yesterday was close. Yeah, could have gone either way, really. But um, I don't know. It's just like I just in my lifetime, in our lifetime, I just it's really hard to pick against LeBron. So yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I really don't either. And I, I mean, you watch the Cavs play even at times in these playoffs, and you're just like, good God, they just look like a bunch of bums out there. Like, if it weren't for LeBron, would this team have even been in the playoffs? But then you see that they find a way in the end of games when they've got to have a bucket, um, and typically it's LeBron getting it, uh, but they just find a way, and they just win games. Um, So it's, like you said, it's really hard to pick against them. Uh, But I think you know, Boston's a, a really good team. Obviously, Terry's playing out of his mind right now. So I, that's going to be a fun series to watch. And I think that the Houston-Golden State series is going to be a fun series to watch. Um, but with Golden State, I mean, you just – you never know. I mean, they could they could easily – this could go seven games or Golden State could finish them off in four. I mean, it, it, it completely depends. I think it has more to do with – Golden State and how they play than really it does how Houston plays. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be fun. Um, I would love to see a Boston Celtics uh, Golden State final just to see Terry Rozier and Steph Curry on the floor together. Uh, that would be fun to watch and, and watch them uh, garden each other. That would be cool. Um so that's our little snippet on the NBA. That's more than we've talked about NBA uh, in the entire season uh, just now on that little portion of the show because we, uh, we just don't get into it a whole lot. But when you've got guys in the league that are actually doing big things, I feel like this is going to be – this is going to become something that we talk about more and more moving forward. Um, yeah, I think so too. Because – but I do want to, while we're on this kind of subject of the NBA, uh, Dang Adele and Ray Spalding, neither one of them getting invites to the NBA Combine. How does that, how does that make you feel? How did I, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kind of. What? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was surprised. Okay, I was surprised with Ray not getting an invite. I was not as surprised with Dang not getting an invite. Because I think we all. See, your silence tells me everything I need to know. Um, I think that we all kind of assume that Ray has the better chance of a pro career um, than than Dang does. But I don't know. I was just I was kind of surprised that uh, that neither of them got an invite, especially when you look at some of the people that did get invites. I don't know. It's just it's interesting to me. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's Louisville guys, so. <laughs> oh, so that's where you're going with it. So you're going with the whole it's Louisville stigma. Is that is that where I'm getting from, from you right now? I, yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that definitely has a huge impact on it. I, I hope you're not right. If Spalding played probably, Duke, yeah. then he'd, he'd have an invite. Yeah, no, you're probably right. I, I don't want you to be right, but um, but you're probably right on that. Um. So now we can kind of just put a, a nice little bow there on our uh, on our NBA discussion. Um, do you think either of them get drafted before we 
completely move away from this? No, I do not. Okay. I think Ray gets drafted. I think so. I think he's going to impress in um, in his individual uh, workouts. I think he'll impress. I think he gets drafted. Dang. Yeah. As long as they don't do ball handling drills, I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be fine. They do ball handling drills. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Any uh, dribbling drills. Any three point yeah, shooting drills. I get any uh, passing the ball drills. Savage. Um, anything. Yeah. Let him have it, dude. But just, just air out, air out your grievances, Lou. That's that's what we do this for. That's what we, uh, that's what we're on here for. So I was prepping, and by prepping, I mean ten minutes before we started. Um, I was looking for things that we were going to talk about tonight, and I stumbled across this gem. And it wasn't too hard to stumble across because it's been all over Twitter today. Skechers. The um, shoes that everybody's mom rocks. Um, apparently suing Adidas. Just uh, let that one just kind of sit on you for a minute. Um, this is uh, the article from SB Nation. Um, Alex Kirshner uh, writes this article. It says Adidas has been caught up since last year in the FBI investigation of college basketball corruption. Uh, the federal government has charged two of its executives with fraud. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yes, we know about that. Now, two months after the Justice Department charged two of its executives, Adidas has a different powerful legal force coming after it. Skechers believes Adidas's actions have cost it valuable business, so it's suing. And this is what Skechers says, because this is, this is so interesting. It says, Skechers and companies like it that seek to compete fairly with the within the bounds of the law have been gravely harmed by Adidas's massive secret payments to young basketball players, not only in their athletic performance division, but in all footwear categories in which they compete, says uh, Skechers in its initial filing. Skechers and other competitors' basketball businesses cannot effectively compete for players' footwear choices while they are amateurs or for their endorsements when they turn professional because Adidas has sought to, quote, lock up players by paying secret illegal bribes to them and or their families. And the the article goes on, but it, it just... Just that initial statement there from Skechers. Let's just look at that little little bit there. Skechers and other competitors, basketball businesses, cannot effectively compete for players' footwear choices while they're amateurs because Adidas has sought to lock up players by paying them secret illegal bribes to them or their families. If I was Adidas, I would just look at this and be like, what is a Skechers? <laughs> I had no idea that Skechers was so entrenched in uh, college basketball and uh, college basketball footwear. That, um, that surprised me. Uh, that's news, I think, to me. Uh, I would assume that's news to you. Um, this is like... I, I've read it, and then I read it again, and then I read it one more time. Um, I can't imagine that this goes anywhere, and I can't imagine that this uh, this lawsuit continues, but if this is not like the ultimate, let's just try to kick them while they're down, then... I don't know what is. That's hilarious to me. I don't even... Did Skechers even know about basketball until this whole thing came out? Like... I, I don't think so. I don't... <laughs> they were more into those therapy shoes. Exactly. Like, I don't see... LeBron's not rocking shape-ups anytime soon. So, I don't... Uh, I don't quite understand uh, the gripe there from Adidas. It feels like they're reaching just a little bit. Um... That that one's just that was hilarious to me. Um, I just had to th- to throw that out there for you. Um, 
so we'll continue to, to keep an eye on this and, uh, and, and see where this thing goes because, you know, I, I have a feeling that, you know, this could get ugly, Lou. This, um, this, this could really get ugly. If Fila gets involved in Puma, then, um, then I think, um, I think if they, if they join Skechers and we're really in for something. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I couldn't believe that. That's, I mean, you know, college kids look at Skechers and, and they're just like, you Honestly, know. Honestly, I'd rather dry hump a trash can. I just look for reasons to use it, and it uh, it hasn't failed me yet. No, there's it'll never fail. No, I'm just glad that when I clicked on it, like it actually it actually played like it's supposed to. So that that made me happy. Um, let's transition now away from that and get into this that I saw as I was perusing the Twitter sphere today. And it's an article from Athlon Sports and it's ranking the ACC's toughest non-conference football schedules for 2018. I will give you the rundown of um, where they rank 1 through 14. But before we get into it, who do you think, just off the top of your head, has the toughest schedule non-conference in the ACC this season? Oh, non-conference? Yes, non-conference. Non-conference schedule. Uh, Wake. They are... <laughs> they actually have one of the worst non-conference well, schedules in the ACC this season. Um, it's it's actually Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has, according to Athlon Sports, the toughest non-conference schedule in the country. They play um, an FCS school in Albany, uh, but then they play Penn State, they go to UCF, and they go to Notre Dame. Um, those are their four non-conference uh, games. Some of these schedules are really good, like Pittsburgh's. Pittsburgh's schedule is is very good. Uh, Florida State is number two on that list. They play Samford. Then they host Northern Illinois. They go to Notre Dame, and they play Florida. That's a good schedule. Uh, Louisville checks in at third. Obviously, the big game, September 1st against Alabama. Uh, the FCS opponent, Indiana State. And then the two in-state opponents, uh, Western Kentucky and the team uh, east of us. Not a bad non-conference schedule as well. Uh, Duke checks in at four. Army, Northwestern, Baylor, North Carolina Central. Clemson's number five, Furman. Texas A&M, Georgia Southern, and South Carolina, their in-state rival in that SEC-ACC weekend. After you get out of the top five, Georgia Tech's at six. Um, they don't – I mean, they play South Florida. Okay, they're replacing a quarterback. Uh, and they have their game against Georgia, which they'll get thumped in. Uh, Miami's got an interesting opener with LSU. Uh, aside from that, nothing really jumps out at you. NC State – uh, plays West Virginia and Marshall, um, so that'll be that. That NC State West Virginia game is going to be a fun one. Um, North Carolina, let's see, they've got the return game to Cal this season, and they also play UCF. Um, Syracuse at ten. Their most important game is Notre Dame. Your Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Um, they have Notre Dame. That's that's the big one on their schedule. Virginia Tech, I mean, they play William & Mary, East Carolina, Old Dominion, and Notre Dame. Uh, Boston College plays UMass, Holy Cross, Purdue, who will destroy them, uh, and Temple. And then the team with the worst non-conference schedule in the ACC next season is Virginia. Uh, they play not one, but two FCS opponents, Richmond and Liberty, and then they go to Indiana and play um, Ohio, the Fighting Bobcats, um, at home. Liberty's not bad. No, but, I mean, if you're going to play, like, 
you play two yeah, FCS schools. The only, schools, only like, FCS team on there. Be, be one. Yeah, that'd be a pretty tough one. But. Yeah, but then you play Richmond and you play Liberty. Um, I don't know. That's that's a that's a wolf of a schedule. Can you imagine having season tickets to that one? That's uh, that's rough. Um, so yeah, so some interesting games in the uh, in the ACC non-conference coming up this season. I think Duke Baylor. That's going to be an interesting one to watch. Obviously, Clemson, Texas A&M. Jimbo thought he got away from uh, Davo, and only to find out that he has to play Clemson in his first year as the Texas A&M head coach, which I think is hilarious. Um, and then, of course, they have the game against South Carolina. That LSU-Miami game, September 2nd, is going to be a fun, uh, fun game to watch. And I'm still interested in the NC State um, West Virginia game as well. I think that one's going to be fun. I, it's it's too soon right now for us to start making predictions and picks and and that sort of thing uh, about the conference. But what would be what would be the biggest surprise to you? In the ACC this season, and what would be the biggest disappointment for you in the ACC this season with any team um, in the conference? Just what do you think would be what could happen that would be you know the biggest surprise, and, and what would be the biggest disappointment? Um, well, I guess I'll start with the biggest disappointment. I think. I think NC State not capitalizing on some of the positive momentum yes. that they had last year would be a huge disappointment. Yep. Um, and then I think my biggest surprise. Um, I mean, you almost want to like turn that on its head and say the biggest surprise would be like Clemson being bad or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. I think the biggest surprise would be if, if we won more than eight games. Honestly, if we won more than seven games. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think that, for me, would be the biggest surprise because I do not expect that to happen. I as think... As much as I'd like to see it. Really? You don't... We're going to have to get into that soon. Like, start really looking at Louisville's schedule and, and start, uh, start dissecting it. We'll get into that soon. I think my biggest surprise would be if anybody other than Miami wins the Coastal Division this year. Um, yeah, that's almost a given every year. Yeah, but I think that that would, that would be my biggest surprise. If somebody you know, like a Duke or like a Georgia Tech um, kind of jumps up and, and wins the Coast. I mean, Virginia Tech, too, has that opportunity, but I've, my money's on Miami. I think if anybody, if anybody other than Miami uh, wins the Coastal, I will be surprised. And I'm with you. If NC State cannot capitalize on what they built last season and really the season before that too, um, then I will be I will be very disappointed. But I think if if uh, if NC State is going to capitalize on that momentum, then would that not adversely affect Louisville? Hmm, question, I don't know. I kind of, maybe, possibly. And I want to take back my Miami take because I really think Virginia Tech could be good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch that up and say uh, my biggest surprise is if Virginia um, – pushes any of those top teams uh, in the Coastal Division. That will be my biggest surprise if that happens. Um, not so much Miami, because I think Virginia Tech and Miami will battle it out for that top spot in the uh, Coastal Division. But uh, I kind of thought if, if Virginia Tech was ever going to be good, it was going to be two years ago. Yeah. Um, and they weren't. So I Was it two that. years ago when they made the championship game? Um... The ACC championship. The ACC championship game is just a blur to me because every year it's Clemson and they just destroy whoever they have to 
play it was two years ago because last year it was miami and clemson um and there was a spot in the college football playoff on the line so that was last year um this year or the it was two years ago that it was um i think that was the 10 and 2 virginia tech team that went to the like if uh, they were gonna like go over um you know go over the uh the low bar that they have set that was the year and it just didn't didn't happen for him. I don't At know. He's not making it where they probably should have gone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, they had. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm I'm ready for football season. We will do the summer football preview series again for the third year in a row uh, this summer. So if you're not familiar with that, we have somebody on that covers every team on Louisville's schedule. That includes uh, the teams that they play in the ACC. We bring them on. We talk about the teams, where they're at, and what the expectations are. It's one of our favorite um, segments that we do here on the show. Uh, Like I said, we've done it the last two years. We will do it this year as well so that's going to be fun i can't wait to um to talk to some of these guys um with the with the teams that louisville's covering and especially looking forward to that uh western kentucky game i think that's going to be a fun one on louisville's schedule this season um Hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL at Taylor Lynch at Lewis Metzinger. Uh, also check out the website if you miss any of these podcasts. Uh, you can check out the website, uh, thebreakdownul.com, and also uh, the iTunes podcast app, and check out um, anything that you miss from the shows. So, Lewis, we haven't talked at all since uh, or we haven't done a show at least since the NFL draft so I'm anxious to get your opinion on uh, the Lamar Jackson and falling to the last pick of the first round I mean if you guys listening could have read the text exchange between Lewis and I as it got later and later in the NFL draft um and they and Lamar was still sitting there on the board. Uh, on the board, I mean, it was it was agonizing. Um, it was a rough uh, exchange between the two of us. But um, he does get drafted. He gets um, drafted with the last pick uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Lewis, what do you think just of him falling that far and of the fit for him in Baltimore? <laughs> I'm setting you up, dude. I'm setting you up. I know. I was looking back at our text, and Ugh. and I saw the, the gift that I sent of Cookie Monster and Elmo <laughs> getting it on, and I was just cracking up at that. Um, but anyway. Top ten list um, of the weirdest yeah, things you've ever sent me, by the way. Yeah, that's that's just that, that's a little snippet of, of how the conversation went. Just to try and find a way to, to fit that into what you think we were going back and forth about. But, yeah, it was um, – it was rough, dude, and I think it, it all boils down to, you know, as much as it pains me to say, he just didn't, like, handle everything the best way possible. I think, like, trying to self-represent or have his mom represent or whatever that whole situation was was just, like, a really, like, bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems and like it. That it... really hurt him. I mean, that's the only thing you can really point to other than, like, people being, uh, you know, kind of him being a non-prototypical quarterback. Other than that, I think that it has to be that. And that's, that's a shame, but you know, we did have, at least he went in the first round and we did have Jair go um, pretty early on. So that was great to see. So once again, another year, uh, another couple of first round draft picks from Louisville football. So it was a, it was a good year. Jair going to, to, um, Green Bay. Green Bay is a very good situation for him. I'm excited for him for that. Um, and I think after I got over the disappointment and anger that my Pittsburgh Steelers had Lamar Jackson gift-wrapped to them um, and just whiffed on him, after I got over that and then had to accept the fact that the arch-rival uh, Baltimore Ravens did draft him i actually started paying attention and and really looking at the situation and and lewis honestly i think it's a good situation for him i think it's um i mean he's got an opportunity to 
sit this season behind Joe Flacco um, and really master and learn the offense now. I don't think they're going to let him sit. I think that there will be some sort of a package, some sort of a way that the Ravens will use Lamar this season. Um, But I don't think there is the pressure there right now for him to to be the starting quarterback this season. Um, and you've heard that relayed by the Patriots. I mean, um, by the Patriots. Oh, God, that would have been worse. Um, by the, uh, You've heard that relayed by the Ravens and this offseason that, you know, Joe Flacco is still a starter. They still believe in Joe Flacco, uh, blah, 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 blah. But uh, they are happy, uh, happy to have Lamar Jackson. And there was an article uh, in the USA Today uh, on Monday that they actually talked about uh, Lamar Jackson and uh, his, quote, evolution uh, as pro quarterback begins. Uh, there was a part in here, Lewis, that I really wanted to talk about. They, they had, uh, the rookies had started their, you know, rookie camp or whatever, um, rookie practice sessions. And they talk about it here in the beginning of the article. It says, with a flick of the wrist, uh, the 6'2", 216-pound Heisman Trophy quarterback delivered tight spirals um, with sprinter speed as defenders overwhelmed the offensive line and crashed in on Jackson during one play. He darted up the middle of the line untouched, slipped through traffic, and into the open field. Jackson wore a black non-contact jersey bearing a purple number eight, but it didn't matter. None of the defenders were catching him anyway. With great patience later, Jackson scanned the end zone, cocked to throw, but found his primary target covered. He slid to his left, pumped second option, uh, second target covered too. Spotting running room and just one linebacker to beat, Jackson bursts forward, then stopped. The linebacker hesitated, as had the defensive back covering his third target across the end zone. Opening created, Jackson fires the ball and puts it right on the hands of the receiver, but apparently it was a receiver that played at Louisville with him because he bobbled the ball and dropped the pass. So I, I added the, that part in there that uh, that wasn't in the article. Um, Does James Quick play for the Ravens? <laughs> uh, I set you up for that, and I'm so glad you swung at that one because I put it right over the middle for you. So thank you for not letting me down and for – for swinging on that one um so good to see that lamar is is still doing lamar things uh at least in the in the rookie camp uh for baltimore the one thing that i wonder about is whether or not joe flacco is going to be so warm and fuzzy about having lamar there i mean We've seen the past like it's going well. No, no. And I was there's a part in the article that uh, I'm going to get to as well. But we've seen in the past, you know, Brett Favre did not like uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers and it was not anything that he hid. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger has come out and criticized the Steelers taking Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. Uh, These guys don't uh, don't like new quarterbacks infringing on their turf. there's a spot here at the end of the article that says um, the sprinkling of Jackson into the offense along with Flacco could create an intriguing but possibly tense dynamic. Flacco traditionally eschews such uh, such schemes. In 2013, Baltimore used the Wildcat that featured former backup Tyrod Taylor and Flacco on the field at the same time. Flacco didn't hide his disdain as he lined up at wide receiver, kept his hands folded at his wrist, slumping his shoulders, and didn't move off the line as the ball was snapped. In interviews afterwards, he criticized the play calling. The Ravens coaches believe Jackson's inclusion will not divide, but instead fortify the franchise immediately and in the future. Really? You uh, sure it's not gonna not gonna cause any issues? Uh, any it issues at like all? Sounds like it might. Just a hunch, I'm just potentially there could be issues. I mean, I'm just uh, connecting dots here. I uh, I think that may be a problem. Um, yeah, I just I don't see Joe Flacco um, 
welcoming Lamar with with open arms by any means, um, especially if the Ravens do put in some packages uh, for him to play immediately this season. And if they do, do you think that's a good idea? I mean, should they put him out there in some facet this season uh, and allow him to get his feet wet, or should they just let him stand there and hold the clipboard and learn um, as much as he can behind uh, behind Flacco? Um, I don't think they will be able to keep him off the field. Um, uh, yeah, I just it just it sounds like an impossible task. He's just he's such a gamer. He's such a baller. I think if they put him out there once, like they're doomed. They either keep him off the field completely um, in any game scenario, like don't have any packages for him or anything, or they they just let him play because once he gets on there for any amount of plays, he's going to make some kind of play that's going to just drop drop excuse me, drop jaws, and it's going to be over at that point. If I'm Joe Flacco, I'm fighting this tooth and nail because I don't want Lamar out on the field at all because of exactly what you just said. He's going to do something that everybody's going to go, oh, and then when that happens, and especially if it leads to a score, then you have a, a problem on your hands if you're if you're Joe Flacco. Especially with three years left on your deal, and of those three years, none of that money is guaranteed. So that's uh, that's an issue too. So if I'm if I'm Flacco, I'm fighting this thing tooth and nail to try to keep uh, Lamar off the field as uh, as long as possible. But uh, you can't keep a talent like him on the bench for very long. So that's all the time we have on the show for tonight, guys. Again, hit us up on Twitter at TheBreakdownUL. Visit the website, TheBreakdownUL.com. We will be back with you next week, same time, same place, and and who knows what we'll be getting into then. So for Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. We'll talk to you guys soon. Go Cards! That you need to hear Before I'm paying on time And I throw this truck in gear I don't need a tomorrow With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.